Say y'all have in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah right? that's right. Welcome back to the Tasting Room, episode twelve. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. You can see the neck pour is gone in this pin hook bourbon. Uh, we are holding a much older bourbon in our hand, which we won't tell you about yet. We'll just you have to wait true. till the end. But can we tell them how old it is? Older than both of us. We'll just say that by a decade. By a, by a little bit. Yeah, yeah. by a little bit. Um, Aaron Post is the guest today. He is the founder, owner, occasional DJ and bartender at Valkyrie in St. Vitus. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a super cool conversation. It was. You doing all right, man? I am doing all right. I'm Good. a little buzzed now. <laughs> <laughs> why? Go ahead and tell people why. Why? Well, we've we've had tequila. We've had two bourbons. We've had no, two No, but there's beers. a bigger reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I've, I'm... Not drinking alcohol technically <laughs> in, in February, but I am drinking alcohol on the podcast. <laughs> totally, so I'm sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. And enjoy Aaron after the break. Hey, I'm John. I'm one of the partners here at Grassfire Creative. We are a production company. We do animation, video production, live production, anything you need to creatively tell both your story and your business's story. Along with the content that we create, we also provide the strategy behind how to get it in front of the eyeballs that matter to you. We're located right in the middle of the United States in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so no matter where you are, we're just a short flight away. Bottom line is we are very excited to both meet you and tell your business's story. Please do reach out to us one of the ways below via email or phone number and check out more about us at our website, grassfirecreative.com. Well, welcome back to the tasting room, everyone. Hi, I'm Austin McElroy. How are you doing, John? I know you're Austin McElroy. Well, everyone I'm telling knows, everyone. Everyone that. by now knows you're Austin McElroy. They might well, not sure. know this is Aaron Post, but they should. Yeah. What's uh, up, dude? I'm Aaron Post. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You doing Hi, all right? Yeah, I'm feeling good yeah. this day, but feeling great. Happy to be here. How's man. the bar doing? Ah, pleasant. It's going really well. Staff is hungry, ambitious. Um, yeah, we're having a good time over there. Before we get started, I, I'm just going to give you a compliment because, well, a compliment and ask why you ruined me on something. Because now when I find myself going to, I did it last night. I was at Doc's and Adriana was bartending and she asked what I wanted. And I was like, something strong, playful and something. I, I did the words that you guys, I don't know if you came up with, but you were the first place in Tulsa to do it, where you can tell your you know, wait staff or your mixologist or whatever, Three words, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's what you leave it at. Three words from a list of words, and then make you a cocktail that corresponds with those. It's three really words. awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it's ruined me because now I find myself doing that, and they, the bartenders, just stare at me like, "What? Huh? Yeah, you want what?" what? And we actually forgot to say that you're from Valkyrie. Oh yeah, I yeah. am. Valkyrie, Saint <laughs> Vitus, and Saint yeah. Vitus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's a congratulations and a how dare you? you Thank know, you. Like, and I'm and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, we were not. The the we didn't invent that or create that but you know over the course of of many years and figuring out what we were doing wrong we wanted to establish this idea that number one that drinking craft cocktails was egalitarian you didn't have to be an expert you don't have to mm. to come in with a wealth of knowledge um to have something put in front of you that you're going to love secondarily it it was an easier way to put in front of people the fact that we had a massive repertoire. I think it's close to 500 cocktails on the list right now. Ooh. And we, you can't make a, that's a lot. 500 cocktail menu. 
plus no one wants to read a 500 guides <laughs> right. menu. And so, it's hard yeah. to memorize that in many recipes. Yeah, so this just became a, the, the best way to do both of those things for the place. Mm. And it ended up being one of our pillars of what the, what the place is. Yeah. Yeah. So before so I cool. open this and Austin asked the first question, to kind of set the stage, and I hope this wasn't going to be your first question. No. Um, walk us through up until you opened Valkyrie. Like what was your background in the industry or why did you get into it? All that kind of fun stuff. Sure. Um, well, I went to college for photography. Nice. And uh, decided that it was not going to be the thing I starved for. You know, I'll leave that to gluttons for punishment, like you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Appreciate that. <laughs> gluttons for punishment is a joke because there are a hell of a lot easier ways to make money than opening a bar. By the way, oh, yeah. um, I I uh, waited tables at a lot of different places. Found myself at Fleming's when okay. they opened, nice. and um, had some really great mentors over there. Gene Mozingo, uh, Tim Baker's not there anymore. But um, a lot of really great people. I waited tables with Amelia. Um, oh, oh wow! Amelia's, yeah. you know, uh, a handful of people. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, a lot of them. Uh, but just decided at that point that this was going to be my career choice. I was mm-hmm. going to stay in hospitality. Uh, I left there to go to do some more nightlife stuff, and that's when I realized that I had an acumen for managing. Um, and leading, and then it was very shortly thereafter that I decided that the trajectory was going to be owning, mm. building a thing. So I did a stint in a lot of nightlife and managing a lot of employees, um, started developing a concept based on the things that we couldn't get in Tulsa, because at this point in like that. 2010, yeah. um, the only place that I know that was doing a cocktail program was Vintage, 1740. Uh, John mm-hmm. Paul over there was was doing some cool, cool drinks. But otherwise, it was impossible to go... Uh, get a Manhattan at a properly made Manhattan, even at like a place you would expect it to, like a steakhouse or something like that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I had been to cocktail bars around the States and decided the things that I didn't like were handlebar mustaches, secret entrances, arm garters, <laughs> and pretension, and slow right. service. So Arm garters is yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, we, true. so we aim to... Uh, to to not do that, mm. to make it egalitarian, to make it easy, um, and had a ton of uh, missteps along the way. But at the end of the day, it's I think that's where we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Start us off right on, open, open uh, if I can. Goodness, the questions of how all that began flooding my mind. Uh, this is going to be kind of a. a left field for me but one of one of the things uh i'm impressed with with valkyrie and what i want to ask is i love that sound what is what is your well what have you learned most about leadership in that kind of setting uh after you've opened it and ran it for a, a while and like what's what's been the hardest thing for you to learn in that role uh, more of an acceptance thing, an acceptance of my own neuroses and mm. <laughs> and uncompromising uh, uh, mentality, which uh, is uh, it's it's easy when you're there seven days a week and you're and you can touch everything. Um, it's a lot harder when you've got forty employees and a big leadership team and can't can't feasibly touch anything. So it's, for me, it's been figuring out the systems by which we scale and not lose our heart or our integrity, uh, like the soul of the place. Um, 
and then you know uh, how to really push those things and, and maintain all that that high high mm-hmm. culture high concept stuff because my worst nightmare is growing growing to a point where the concepts don't have any soul you know aren't like really really heartfelt and right. mm-hmm. you know high touch so I think that's been the hardest thing for me is is yeah uh, r- recognizing probably a little bit of of uh, the mental illness that makes me good at what I do. Right. <laughs> sure, sure. And then we all have one. Yeah. Some I think entrepreneurs another. kind of yeah. always dive into that realm a little bit. Yeah, and okay. then just figuring out how to scale it. You said something. How do you define soul in a in an idea or in a business or in a in a space? Like, what, what is that to you? That's tough. Um, you know, we, we, I've had. A, a, a handful of conversations lately with my wife and colleagues about like what a real dive bar is and mm. how you can't fake a, a real dive bar. You can't set out to create, I'm going to make a really good dive bar because it's not right. going to be, right. you know, nope. um, it's, it's, uh, it, I think it's driven by, by a passion, like a, by a want, like we, it's mm. not just a program like saying like, we're going to make the best cocktails ever. And we're going to have 700 whiskeys. It's about what drives the conversation, you know, what drives the your core values or your your mantras, and and figuring out how to instill that into everything you do. Because cocktails are good, but like that's not why people mm-hmm. go to Valkyrie a few times a week. You know, they're going because they want to hang out with with Jared or Alex, who's going to show them a good time and put something delicious in front of their face. But like, it's not it's not about the cocktails, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, that question for me came out of really a, 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 I want to compliment you every single time <laughs> that I've been in there. Um, you know, your place was actually where I learned what a Negroni was. Nice. And, a and, proper and, Negroni. And, and, well, yeah, and yeah. then having all sorts of other Negronis. I, I haven't drank a lot of spirits in the last two years because we couldn't go out. Sure. So I've lost Fair. all those names to memory. But, um Every single time I go in there, I know I'm going to have something very excellent. And it's very impressive to see mm-hmm. that hyper intensity of, uh, of quality and focus and just acceptance when people walk through the door. That's, that's really nice to hear. I don't know how I'm going to deal with you guys complimenting me. This <laughs> You're good. You're good. Well, I mean, so before I move on, uh, yeah. cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks cheers. for coming on. This Thank to me, me is like a red hot on the nose. Dude, it like, is. I get it's so got a lot of cinnamon. Yeah. Tons of cinnamon. Yeah. yeah, not so much on the palate, but it's a little nutty on the palate. Now, you're are you a cicerone? Are you a psalm? What are you? Any of those? No, no. Uh, much like much like the 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 waning uh, want or necessity to go back to school. It's like I, I my resources are finite, and they're usually not best. Yeah. Um, in academia, like yeah. I have to, you know, focusing on, I've always wanted to, did wanted to do my CSS, wanted to do all of these things, but realizing that I have to put a lot of my professional development into just that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. professional development and, and growing as an entrepreneur and a, as a business leader. And yeah. I have to keep this as a hobby. Yeah. 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 Every I'm, single time I've told Lisa, I'm like, I want to get my Cicerone. I want to go to level three or this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. Then I come home after work, after sweating all day, and then I'm like, yeah, Netflix. Yeah, let me study right now. Like, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. At some point in time, you got to shut it off. You yeah. got to close your, your email and yeah. shut your computer down. That's hard to do, yeah. man. I work. I realized this during the snow days 
that I work more when I'm sitting at home than I do. Because right now, like, you know, I come in and out of the studio, I'm driving, I have meetings, I have lunches, I have whatever. So I'm like doing all these different things. When I'm sitting at home with nowhere to go, mm-hmm. I'm just on my computer. Yeah. And it's just working. It's midnight. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, put the computer away. Uh, I want to know. I'm curious. So I was very nervous when you did the interior redesign of Valkyrie because I loved the chalkboard and I felt like it was almost synonymous with that space. Mm-hmm. But now I go in and I can't imagine that sexy wall of booze not being there. So yeah. I'm curious and you don't have to, I mean, maybe you don't have plans or maybe this is just a hypothetical, like, you know, whatever's in your mind, but where, what's the next iteration of Valkyrie? Where do you see it going, going from here? Maybe not physical, maybe something else, but where do you see it progressing to? Sure. So Valkyrie was always supposed to be a prototype. I opened when I was 29. I knew it was going to go through a few iterations while we learned. It's not my intention for it to, to keep doing that mm-hmm. uh, inside those four walls. Uh, we did just do, we'll, we'll do little updates. Like we just did uh, a cool update on the lighting and re-updated the bathrooms mm. and and a few a few small things. And we'll always do that just to make sure it's fresh of COVID and relevant. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a patio yeah. now. Um, but I think that how we got to where we went was just basically figuring out what the issues that we were up against and how to become the bar that we wanted to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it building that back bar gave us a chance to focus more intently on a particular thing and gave uh, uh, maybe more uh, latitude for other concepts within this hospitality group that they were trying to build to specialize in other things, you know, rather than just being a, well, it's a cocktail bar. No. Now it's high, fast paced, friendly, egalitarian cocktail bar with 700 spirits, mostly whiskey, mm-hmm. you know? So we wanted to be that place where you say like, there are a handful of places to have great cocktails in Tulsa, but we wanted to be the place like if you want to drink spirits seriously, this is where you have to go to do it. And, and admittedly, there are a few other places in town that are doing that as well. Yeah. Which is cheese. Yeah. I think you're at or near, you know, one or one A. I mean, I think hey, you're I think you're there. If like, we're I in the top five, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, top yeah. Five. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you're there. It's it's interesting. I I mean, I think you're right. Um, I'm just excited, I guess, is what it is, because I, I trust, and we'll get into Vitus here in a little bit, but I trust your vision for That's these nice. things. And because, well, you haven't let me wrong yet. So <laughs> I there, appreciate the faith. But, you know, right. There's always the opportunity you might, but you haven't yet. So I'm just, I'm excited. And I don't know, does it excite you or does it almost make you nervous to think of how it might change or, or whatever? Um, no, I'm really happy with it. Like, I, I'm very excited. I think that. Uh, it's my intention to get out of this kind of prototype mentality Mm. and more focus on building cool new things. Um, I I love this market to to do specifically this. I always always say that the the culture leads the market in Tulsa rather than the other way around in Mm. a lot of markets. And I think there's room for a lot of growth and a lot more for people to be able to expect more, you know, Um, things that really, really add to the conversation about food and drink in Tulsa. Um, but the way I feel about Valkyrie right now is that it should, it should be a stalwart, mm-hmm. you know, stand. Just, just we're hanging out. We're a pillar of the community, and, and at least of the drinking community. Right. And, yeah, you are. And uh, and and we just need to be there and continue mm-hmm. to keep doing what we're doing. That, um, for for right now, shifting my focus to new projects. Yeah. So let me follow up one time, and then you can ask yeah, another one. You're fine. When you 
when you talk about growth, at what point does the growth transition from within a city or within an area to outside of that? That's a good question. Uh, that's something that I've battled a lot with, you know, because it's, say for instance, let's talk about Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma City has a a handful, a very small handful of places to go that are cocktail centric, that are bars. Um, it would it would be, uh, I feel like, really pretty viable to just pick up Valkyrie and set it down in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and it would work. But if I'm honest, I don't care about Oklahoma City very much. You know, it's, it's not, not my home. home. That's, right? that's yeah. not. That's you know, not like a thing I, to say. I. Uh, I love going there. My wife's family is from there. But if we're talking about what my focus is, it's it's and what really, really satisfies me and I think my team, my leadership team, is is nurturing the growth of the city that we love, you know, mm-hmm. and building mm-hmm. upon that. So we've made a conscientious decision or conscious decision mm-hmm. to say we're going to focus on Tulsa and not to say that we're going to like say no to every opportunity that comes down the pipeline. But if it takes away from the energy that we're able to put into this market, we, we might say no, you know? Mm. And I think there's room for, for a lot of cool things in, in town. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Take so, us where you want to go. Yeah. So what do you uh, think of this, by the way? Do, this is awesome. Does the taste match the nose to you guys? Cause to me it's a little yeah. different because I get so much cinnamon on the nose, but not so much on the palate. It's a little bit more, uh, I would say like cherry vanilla forward yeah. uh, on mm-hmm. on the palate rather than the nose, but it, the nose complements the the palate really really mm-hmm. well. It's very smooth too. Yeah, I like the, the cherry cinnamon note. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I said when we started it's pin hook. I had to get it shipped to me from Wisconsin, a buddy of mine up there, Eric Kinzel, because we don't get it in Oklahoma yet, hopefully. But this is it's a vertical series, and it says on the back that. They're following a group of barrels as they age over the course of nine years. And so this is a six-year cool. aged yeah. bourbon. I love so, those experiments. and so much yeah. fun. And when you, when you taste those like year to year. That's the thing. I have to keep getting them now yep. to, to try. <laughs> yeah, that's you how just, they get you. Yeah. You, just, you just bought in. You I mean, my collection is <laughs> just too big as is, but whatever. This podcast has yeah. made me a Forgive me. I've been, cleaning, I've been cleaning out my warehouse uh, all day today. So my nose is really itchy and dusty. Mm. So I'm gonna try and make it as without sneezing, proposed possible. Sure. Uh, but anyways, uh, pour us one as you talk. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna start with our Winterbach. Nice. Winterbach. Which so not a lot of people uh, in Tulsa or in Oklahoma, in fact, uh, do Bach beers very often. So this is gonna be. Uh, it's a German-style lager, uh, dark in color. Um, but the coolest thing when I was reading about this and uh, and deciding on what kind of um, beer this was going to be, um, so just to be quite transparent on a podcast and tell it to the world, we had leftover Oktoberfest that we had I to I wondered if you were going to tell the story because yeah. you told me. Yeah. Um, we had leftover Oktoberfest because... Um, the obviously all of the uh, supply chain and this that and the other was so wonky about four months ago and uh we didn't get malt in we got a batch of oktoberfest in the tank late it fermented slower than was planned we missed a shipment 
had extra kegs on hand. So it was like a perfect storm of yeah. everything. The comedy of errors. Yeah. Right. 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 So we had this extra Oktoberfest to do something with. And I was doing some research and whatnot. Well, a Bach beer is basically an Oktoberfest mm-hmm. with just a little bit uh, of color to it and a little bit of roastiness to it. So we mixed this up. I like that beer and, a lot. Uh, it is now our number two seller in nice. the tap room. Is it really? It Very is. Nice. Uh, for a solid 45 days, it's been the number two seller in the tap room. You could change the name and it could probably continue to be your seller throughout the summer because it's not a Maybe. heavy beer. No, it's it's supposed to be But by the really, name really Winterbach, yeah. Like, yeah. in my mind, I think of like a... It's a great profile, yeah. really great balance because it's easily quaffable, but it's rich, but it's not like opulent or heavy you know yeah. so it's really really drinkable yeah you use quaffable and opulent in the same sentence dude i'm impressed mm. i love well the word. done i love <laughs> well people, done mr post some people don't like the word quaffable i am a big fan of that yeah. it kind of makes me want to laugh but <laughs> yeah. i like the word yeah I, I i think like i adopted it whenever like beers just started getting way out of hand you mm-hmm. know yeah. like and everyone just wanted to drink way back you know when everyone wanted to drink hercules and mm. oh yeah and i was like i just want a quaffable beer it's yeah. <laughs> all There's, i want man. yeah and i yeah i'm in the same exact same boat uh my second question um so we were talking about culture and community and uh, you know really diving into what tulsa means to all of us what for your for valkyrie and vitus um, being two pillars of, I would say, the cocktail realm and service realm of Tulsa, what do you want? Like, what what would be your dream for Tulsa to become? Because we're growing, and we're kind of, um, I would say, coming into adolescence as a city of culture, not necessarily because we've been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah. But the culture but definitely has It's getting richer by rapidly. the minute, yeah. which is really, really cool to see. So what would be your, like, okay, this is what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, realistically, where do you see yourself folding into that? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, you kind of answered it for me, not by putting words in my mouth, but, but kind of agreeing with what I feel like is like, it just needs to continue to do what it's doing just mm-hmm. more of it, you know, if we get, you know, uh, a few clicks higher on, you know, uh, people coming into, in moving to Tulsa, you know, and a, f- a few clicks higher on the, you know, the speed at which new concepts that add to the conversation are, are coming online. Great. But I don't think it should be doing anything that's not already doing. It just needs to be doing more of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would like continue. I would like to Tulsa f- to continue to grow very organically, um, for that for it to always be like that culture leading the market, which is something that that is that I I I say a lot. But I think about it. You know, there are a lot of markets where we can support this financially viably, so we should build it not based on any sort of passion or interest or what it you know what it means on a cultural standpoint it's just it will make money so we'll put it here Mm. you know so i really want more you know the places like like vintage like uh amelia's like uh um i'm I'm drawing a blank, brain I'm farting. Orin, or, yeah, Orin is what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, Boston like, title and abstract. Yeah, is like fun. all these yeah. places that are. I mean, they just wanted to build cool stuff. 
you know? Yeah. So like, I want more of that. Um, yeah, I mean, we all want Tulsa just to get a little bit bigger and, mm-hmm. you know, for it to be a little bit more exciting and have a few more options. But I, I also think that, like, there's a there's a finite uh, speed at which it can do that organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, you think that there's a line that Tulsa should get to? I don't know. What would that line be? I, uh, well, I ask that because, like, you know, as a native Tulsan, or, or all, well, you're not, not, not native Tulsan. Are you born I'm and raised here. Tulsa? Yeah, from here. I consider myself a Tulsan now, but yeah. not a native Tulsan. Yeah. But, like, I like its smallness, but I also want it to be very popular. It's a really weird desire. One of the metrics that I was uh, thinking about and have heard quite a few times it's like there's 40,000 jobs downtown there's 4,000 people that live downtown and the closer we get to mm. uh one-to-one ratio on that the more thriving and walkable and uh, hmm. metropolitan mm. we can have for that downtown which really really drives I mean for me anyway you know a lot of what I want to do is in or around mm-hmm. downtown so getting to that point is is like I feel like if we were going to put an objective number on it like that that would be a yeah. goal of mine but it's a long road to yeah. that <laughs> you travel a lot domestically and internationally but so this is probably more a domestic question but how have you seen the reputation that Tulsa has change because mm. I know you do tales of the cocktail in New Orleans and you travel around R&D a lot you know, that's a great part about owning a bar is you can drink and yeah. expense it to R&D. <laughs> I mean, that's just what happens. Um, but the CPA you, always kind of right. squints his eyes. Oh, for sure, like, for sure. Really? Yeah, they, always really? Say, yeah. they always say, though, you still have to spend the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> but have you seen, and maybe it's not a how have you seen it, it's have you seen it change? You know, when you say, oh, I own a bar, I own Valkyrie in Tulsa. I think, I think rather than... Um, I think middle markets and small markets are getting a little bit more notoriety now. I think a you know a, a decade ago, there was nothing up for any uh, like awards like you mentioned the Spirited or mm-hmm. Tales of the Kato, which hosts right. the Spirited Awards. Right. Nothing outside of that was either it was coastal or Chicago, and that was it. There was nothing mm-hmm. in the middle of the country at all. And I remember listening to podcasts that were making their guesses on who was going to win these, and then. You know, a bar in uh, Kansas City was mentioned, and they laughed, like wow. audibly oh, wow. just laughed because the, dude, Kansas like, City is blowing. It's dope. Up. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's so dope. Yeah. You have to go to the so, campground. The yeah. Campground. I Shout out there. to Chris okay. Cecil. He's amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Shout out Chris. Um, but now, in the last five years or so, there's a lot more notoriety around around these middle market uh, places. Tulsa in particular, it's it's fun. The more I travel, the more I bump into people when they're like, where are you from? I'm from Tulsa. It was like, oh, we had an amazing weekend there mm-hmm. a few months yeah. ago. You know? um, which, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And I think you can. I think you can have an amazing weekend here. I don't think very many people sure. are putting this on their destination bucket <laughs> right, list. Right. <laughs> My favorite thing is when, when people come to the brewery uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're from out of town. We've been here for... An entire weekend, we were here for a concert, and we were like, we would never have dreamed of coming to Tulsa, and we actually had a lot of fun. It's like and the yeah. surprise, like, right? Yeah. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. I yes. don't ride horses here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not sitting on our front porch playing banjos. No, we're not. no. Although yeah. sometimes that sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the Spirited Award, so I'm going to need you to fill in the blanks of this story. I didn't do my proper R&D prior to this, but I remember it, and I'll always remember it. 
It was the man, the gentleman that owns Anvil down in Houston. Do you know where I'm going with this? Bobby where, Hugo. Yep. So he, I believe it was him that won an award, and his acceptance speech was all about how you need to go to cities that you don't normally think of as being cocktail cities. And he specifically mentioned Tulsa, mm -hmm. specifically mentioned Valkyrie, I believe. Yep. Um, I wonder if I'm not going to credit him with the change towards looking towards middle to smaller markets, but it had to like, what was your feeling when you saw, or, I mean, you might, might've been there. I'm not sure. But when, when that happened, what was your reaction to that? I mean, it's great. Like, oh, yeah. And for oh, those oh. who don't know, finish the story. I don't know if I told it right. Sure. But, no, yeah. no. I, and that's the extent of my memory. Okay. As well. Right. Yeah. Um, it's great. We love notoriety. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of circle back to this idea of, not wanting to expand beyond our capabilities or the city that we love. It's like, yeah, it's great to be written up in the New York times or get it, get an award or national accreditation or something like that. But the people who are supporting the business are people like you guys that are in the bar a few times a month, you know, that are our homies, you know, mm -hmm. our friends and family that are there all the time. And it's like, yeah, notoriety is great, but like at the end of the day, we're still talking about a local small business, and mm -hmm. like we, we we need to be like in my head, my my feeling is that we need to be servicing our community and the culture mm -hmm. of that community. So I love it, like to 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 kind of give affirmation to the work that we're doing and legitimize it, mm -hmm. saying like yeah, you could pick this thing up and plop it down in a big city and it would still be relevant is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That feels really good. But I don't, I don't need an award. You know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't spend a lot of time thinking about them, you know? No, I know. Sure. And I know that it's a small business and that's, I mean, this is home, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. it's home base. It's important. But I mean, you said it, like, I think you could, like, I took a trip to New York just to go to speakeasies. And just to go to bars and, you know, I've said it employees only and death and co there in Denver. And I've, you know, I've done that. I've done the Chicago thing. I've been to Anvil. I've done all that. The cocktails I get downtown at Valkyrie are there. There's no difference. That's sweet. Right. And, and so I just think it's well, a, it's a tip of the cap. Yeah. I mean, to watch the program <clears throat> you've built. I mean, it's not all you, you hire the right people, you teach them. Um, real quick, before I ask my second question, the, I, I forgot what it was called. It was like a graduation party, maybe. Is that what you guys yeah, call yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. When your yeah. your mixologist gets to the point where, so walk me. I don't even really know what that is. So there's a training program. Obviously, yeah. how long does it normally take? What do they have to do to get through it? And then the parties are cool. Well, uh, training program's in flux right now. We're getting ready to to launch our fourth iteration of our training program. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Um, so, but you asked at the right time because it's at the forefront there of we go. my head right now. Yeah. That's why they pay me the big bucks, Aaron. Yep. <clears throat> so the way we structure is... <laughs> I get paid for this. You don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Wait, am I getting paid I'm, for this? Yeah, <laughs> sure. In bourbon and yeah, beer yeah. and all sorts of stuff. For a friendship? Yeah. Which, <laughs> which I'll dive into this, but do you guys want me to bust out this? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. And if you thought Aaron did not come prepared, oh, you were wrong. All right. So, uh, do you want me to talk? Do you want me to yeah, tell absolutely. you what this Go is? Ahead. While yeah. you, okay. what, what, so, wait. Don't get distracted from okay. that answer. Okay. But so, we'll yeah. talk training program first, yeah. then we'll talk about okay. that. Yeah. Yep. I can do that. Um, so, the way we've structured it right now is it's split into an, an eight week um, portion and a 16 week portion. The first 18 mm -hmm. weeks are, sorry, eight weeks are just to focus on practical education, figuring out how to be a proficient server, bartender, barback, 
um, just executing the job. Um, those are, we classify these as apprentices and you'll, you'll see them in the bar cause they're wearing Valkyrie t-shirts rather than jackets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, when they graduate that they're now proficient, they're now making some money, they're hanging out, they're taking great care of people. Um, then they start diving into the 16 week beverage education program, mm-hmm. which is, which is all encompassing. You name it. We talk about spirits, cocktails, cocktail foundations, building blocks, cocktail families. Um, we go into a lot of history. We go into a lot of technical jargon and information. And then they, they drive themselves through that program at the end of the, at the end of the program, they, um, they do a final, uh, test and an essay, um, and graduate. At that point in time, they become jacketed bartenders. Um, but the graduation of that is um, we we do we usually do it on a Sunday where they've got fifty cocktails to make in a finite amount of time, yep. and we sell all those cocktails for five bucks on a Sunday. It's a to, lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fun party. Fun. It's I, high energy. I've never gotten an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Look on social media; they'll, they'll put it up there. Yeah. John. I'll let you know next time. Okay, thank yep. you. Yep. <laughs> so that upon graduation, they, they are awarded their, their jacket, their chef coat, um, and then assigned an expertise. And uh, their expertise is usually based on their own personal interests and the needs of the bar. Um, and then they become the resident expert. Of now that, that I didn't know that each person cool. had an expertise. That part, yeah. Well, that's part of the new program. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so that's what we're diving that's into. That's awesome. Now, yeah. What would your expertise be if you had to pinpoint? For me personally? Yeah, personally. Oof. I mean, probably bourbon. Yeah. You know, I've got to yeah. probably stick with what I know, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's, oh, your, yeah. What, what's this? Okay. So this is a Fuente Seca. Uh, uh, this is the 2018. These are these are single site uh, tequilas. Uh, this, uh, the maker is uh, Enrique Fonseca. He and his dad had some of the most sought after agave fields in Mexico. Um, they had big contracts with, you name it, the, the, the biggest of the biggest. Um, some of those contracts fell through and Enrique decided that he was going to open up his own distillery. Uh, mm. He already had some of the best agave in the nation and now he just had to figure out how to learn how to make tequila. That's interesting. So he studied in Scotland. He bought um, uh, a distillery from Bacardi that had a Olympic stills in it, learned how to, to basically, like the way he explains it is trying to learn how to make tequila like they make scotch. Um, I think these are there's some That's of the, really the coolest examples of agave spirits. Um, I know Mezcal is, is definitely having a moment right now. Mm-hmm. I'm getting actually getting ready to head to uh, Jalisco next week. Are you really? So this is eat what, all the mole and drink all the tequila. Man. Yeah. Whoa. So this is what I'm inspired by right now. Yeah. Um, he also does. I brought I brought obviously a, a, a blanco, uh, but he does some ultra aged tequilas as well like mm. like into the teens which for tequila is very old because at some point in time it's just barrel right you yeah know? um what's the distilling process for tequila comparatively to bourbon or whiskey or i mean it's not dissimilar is it not um no i don't know um, much about that process i mean i mean they use barrels obviously yep right it's more so about the the process by which you know usually for for like artisanal tequilas and mezcals they usually go through a wild fermentation period Mm. um they the agave has to be processed by being cooked um so it can be cooked in the way of mezcal it can be cooked on in like an open stone pit like fire driven pit Mm um uh this this is uh made where the agaves are cooked in an autoclave so and then everything oh, wow. kind of in between too, 
Um, so there's a little bit more processing. Fermentation is usually a little bit more natural than something like bourbon, mm-hmm. um, where you've got all these proprietary yeast strains and, mm. and very controlled settings. This is a little bit more wild. And and as such, with, especially with these tequilas, they can differ very uh, a lot between mm. batches. So he last time he released his silver was in 2013, and then he released in 2018. So oh, wow. if that tells okay. you anything, yeah. Hmm. Um, That's cool. But really, really cool product. Feel free to... First time to have should tequila I, Should I get show? water to rinse these out? Are you okay with drinking after me? Because I have water right here. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> and you can just... You can pour it on the floor. I'll mop it up later. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm the janitor here you too. Just, so. You can just stack mine right on top. Okay. I think I, I think I licked out the licked out that whiskey. <laughs> oh, that smells amazing. <laughs> so this is what is Kosheka? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how, what, how he does his terminology. I don't know what that that means specifically. I do know these are single site. Um, I'm single site. You a little strong there, sir. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> This is going to be very interesting. You can go ahead and lead us. Or did I ask a second question? No. Oh, I didn't, did I? Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. So we, it's a little late to tell you this, but we normally do a six-pack of questions where we ask three apiece, but oh, I, I forgot to do that. Um, I want to know. Or, go ahead. We, no, no. I'm, we've yeah. just been having fun. No, no. We're no just a little bunny trail. Oh, I, love, I do love tequila. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers. I'm curious. So you gave us your background for Valkyrie and, and the beverage and service industry i want to know your music background mm. so uh, you can you can drop your alter ego if you want um so that people can can follow you and find you there but where did your love for music come from when did it start has it always been there tell me your music background okay i don't know how I, i'm going to it's probably the the, the whiskey that i've already had but oh, that's really good yeah that's pretty holy cow it it's the full spectrum sorry that's fucking amazing dude it's vegetal, it's pineapple, yeah. it's smoked fruit, it's it's butterscotchy, it's it's round, it's it's such I'm a usually cool more of an yeah. anejo or something fan, but that is spectacular. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. I know. That's, that's really, really awesome. You, you're done already, aren't you? Or is there still something <laughs> no, in there? No, okay. no, no, no. I thought still he some. just shot it down. <laughs> well, I, I don't, to, aren't you supposed to shoot tequila? No, I don't no, know. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I look up going, all right, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do have one more thing in my bag at some point. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, okay. but tell us, go, go music um, on me here. Come on. Okay. So um, I started playing the accordion when I was eight years old. The accordion? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. This is the first tequila we've ever had on the show and the first uh, accordion what's master. A accordion master. There we go. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. 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 I would not say master. I played the recorder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Remember that? I mean, yeah. Uh, from that point, I, I got into everything musical. I played piano. I did low brass. I did woodwinds. I did percussion all the way through middle school and high school. Uh, towards the end of high school, I started producing electronic music. Mm. And that was really exciting and really fun for me. Coinciding with the time that I was at at Fleming's, there was a there was a time period where I was legitimately considering whether I needed to focus on hospitality and keep music as just a hobby, mm. or if I should really focus on music and do hospitality to pay the bills. So it was that big of a passion for you. Yeah, it really was. Or still is probably. I still love it. I still need the outlet, you know, for, for. Is that kind of how St. Vitus came around? So that's where I was leading into. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
say Vitus, the, the idea for a for a nightclub uh, pre predated the cocktail bar. To be honest, no it, kidding, it just was not the right time or the right yeah. place, and I did not have the experience or know how. You I made would, the right call there because if Vitus yeah. would have opened pre Valkyrie, pre downtown, would have been, been the way it was when Vitus opened. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. would have happened there. Yeah, yeah. You, you made the right call there. So music for me is it's really really important. It's all you know. It's always a massive part of my life. Um, I try to stay up with you know what's going on. I try to stay focused on the genres and artists that I like. I get to DJ on a regular basis. Mm. Well, I say irregular basis, depending on what your consideration of regular sure, is. Sure. About once, about once a month at St. Vitus. Oh, fun. Yeah. So that's how I kind of keep it keep yeah. it fresh. So funny thing, I have an accordion right here. No, yeah. no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> there was there was every year for uh, for uh, Valkyrie's anniversary we do Valkiversary, which is a party and at one point in time the the I don't know if you know Mark Kirkendall. He's a, I know the he's name. a yeah. great guy in town. He does sound design. He is an um, incredible artist. Um, he and I took accordion lessons together from his grandmother. Oh, my uh, word. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of grew up close to each other. Yeah. You know? uh, so one Valkaversary, we were all hanging out. It happened to be our Yacht Rock theme party. I uh, remember that one. And, and here comes Mark just waltzing in the front door with an accordion and just straps it on me to expect me to play for the hundred people that are in the bar. I don't, I, I hadn't like touched the thing in probably a year and a half at that point. So it was, it was awful. <laughs> I've never met someone that plays the accordion. That's so cool. That is really cool. Mm. On a, uh, a sidebar, the going into St. Vitus for the first time, Oh gosh, those, this would have been pre-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and it was bumping. Had to wait in line for thirty minutes to get in, or I'm sorry. whatever. <laughs> uh, well, you shouldn't did apologize. You have a, did I, you have a bump shot? Speaking of bumping, a bump shot. Mm-hmm. What? What do you mean? So no, he did not have a bump shot. Oh no, we have to change that. Okay, he didn't really go to St. Vitus. It's then. the signature. It's like a what is it? It's double shot, co- uh, cold brew. Yeah, equal parts. Right? With what? I don't remember the other. Uh, uh, you might not want to give oh, the rest of no, it out. So. No, it's okay. it's it's. Free and easy. Okay. Uh, tequila, chinar, and Woo. coffee concentrate. No, I, had, I, had, I think so I had the, the Negroni on tap. Oh, I love that. That's Negroni. also yeah. really good. Uh, There's so much I want to ask you about Vitus in a minute. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. But uh, when I went in there, so uh, I've lived in Europe three different times. And when I stepped into Vitus, it was like I was stepping into a Prague nightclub. Mm. Was that... Like, was there any kind of influence? Yeah, there absolutely. <laughs> um, God, this is like we're, we're this is a big can of worms, guys. I meant it to be an offshoot. It, that wasn't my official question. But, no, you're you good. Know. Yeah, sure. We so, can squirrel off as far as we want. So go ahead. You 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 have been to European dance clubs. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about European dance clubs is that they're not meant for just young people. No, they're not meat markets. They're not, they're not a lot of things that we tend to associate with dance clubs in the United States, mm. like being like yep. VIP areas, as bottle service, as bottle um, service. Yeah. As if you're in a European dance club that's done well, you're there to dance. Yeah. And you're there for the music and you're there to enjoy it. And, and sometimes there's multiple floors of different genres of things. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ugh. God, I'm just having so many <laughs> memories about East Berlin. Go for it. Like, <laughs> not technically East Berlin, but what used to be East right, Berlin. Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, so the energy that drove Vitus was basically saying, like, 
It doesn't have to be for kids. It's focused on high quality production, that it's a safe place, that uh, it's not, it's not uh, just trying to cater to everyone and everything. It's basically what a lot of times what we say is like, if you come to Vitus and you decide you don't like it, that's okay. But if you come to Vitus and don't get a glimpse of what we're here to do, then we failed. You know, so right. we want to we want to really make sure that we are uh, being very open and transparent, and forthright about like what we're here to do, and it is just to it's to dance and to enjoy the music and to lose yourself for a weekend mm. if you want to. You know, yeah, we've got to definitely have a a, a ways a ways to go because there's a ton of stigma associated with that kind of place. Yeah, and as as an almost forty year old, it's like it's really hard to kind of prioritize that lifestyle mm. on a regular basis too. So I get that, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we were just trying to change the conversation saying like, it doesn't have to be a big black box right. with a crappy sound yeah. system and no, and terrible drinks, you know, it yeah. can be more. How yeah. has fighting the stigma gone? It's great. Well, so we, one of the nice things is that we dictated what programming would be before we ever opened and then we opened and we realized we could be a lot more ambitious and a lot more uh forward thinking on the music that we're actually playing that was great Mm. um but it's still a young people's party you know understandably but it would be nice for people to it would be nice to get people to, to focus more on on saying like, you know what, I had a long, hard week, I'm a professional, and I'm going to go just turn myself inside out on the dance floor for three hours. The, the interesting yeah. thing yeah. is, is like you go to South Africa or Berlin or, you know, somewhere in England, you go to those nightclubs, and sometimes most of the crowd's 30 to 50 years old. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're... Yeah, that's what we felt in Berlin. You know, it's like you go wait in line at like Tresor and, you know, most of the people were my age or older wearing just head to toe black and trainers because (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're they're not there to like they're not impressing anyone. They're there to dance. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to show up here at midnight and I'm going to go home at 6 a.m. and I'm going to sleep all day tomorrow and I'm going to rest on Sunday and then I'm going to go back to work on Monday. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Goodness. I don't know. I kind of want to keep going on Vitus before you ask your my last question. Your third question. Yeah. So let me ask the the cocktail program, how would you describe that at Vitus because it is so unique. Yeah, I mean, they're all kegged. It's I mean, it's, <laughs> but people hear that and they're like I I was actually standing next to someone where this happened. I don't remember if it was Sid or Dre. I don't remember who was behind the bar, but someone ordered a Negroni, and she went to the tap to pull it. And he was like, hold on, hold on, a Negroni. And she was like, yeah. 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 He's like, well, no, never mind. Like, I don't I don't want it. And she was like, no, here's the deal. If you don't like it, I'll buy it from you, and I'll hand make you a Negroni. And he tried it, and then I saw him come back for two or three more. And so it's, yeah, it's you talk about stigmas. Maybe that's not a stigma, but it's a an eye-opening experience for a lot of people to learn that a kegged cocktail can taste almost identical, if not better than a shaken or stirred cocktail that you saw made right in front of you. So where did the, or do you want to go somewhere with that? I remind me because I'm going to bounce off of what you just said. Sure. 
with this beer. Okay, cool. Oh, so nice. I'm just I'm Perfect. curious where the idea for a kegged cocktail program came from, and w- if it was yours when you first rolled that out, even within your own company, how much pushback did you get from a kegged yeah. cocktail? Like <laughs> kegged? Are you serious? Uh, I don't know. I feel like most of the people on my team were pretty feeling pretty exploratory. Uh, we didn't invent it, obviously. When we had done a handful of kegged cocktails at Valkyrie, and that was just like featured cocktails. Mm. Um, the idea was pretty basic. We knew we could match the caliber of the product if we dealt with the product in the right way. And it's a dance club. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, we need to be able to figure out how to get your drink out in 30 seconds because we want you on the dance floor rather yeah. than spending yeah. a whole lot of time. The logistics of that, though, the PSIs are different. Some are what, nitro, some are carbon dioxide. Carbon, yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. How much trial and error was there in figuring that part of it out? Honestly, none. This none? Was, this was hilarious. Okay, so first off, Tanner Scarborough is the GM of the... Shout out Tanner. Tanner Scarborough, yeah. It's the GM of Vitus, soon to be Sydney. Um, oh, awesome. Tanner yeah. will graduate to uh, Director of Operations for the Hospitality Group. Oh, that's oh, really wow. cool. Yeah, Congrats, yeah. Tanner. Um, he did a ton of research leading up to the inception of the program. It was my job to create the menu. Um, uh, But when all was said and done, there was a lot of prep work. But he and myself and Tyler, who is is the glue that holds the whole company together. I don't know if you know Tyler Schilling. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, We're standing at the end of the bar while we started to fill up drinking cocktails and going, I guess it works. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it, it was a lot of planning and a lot of preparation, but it, it just, it, it worked, you know, it was, it was, yeah. it was fine. You know, we, we gleaned a lot of information from other businesses that had done, that had focused on keg cocktail programs. We also relied a lot of, on a book called Liquid Intelligence, which came out a few years ago. Um, that is a lot about the science of, of cocktails and how to serve yeah. them. So yeah. you want to know a little bit about why that can work? pretty seamlessly just because co2 almost literally cannot cling to the liquid uh at that proof the co2 will not stay in suspension it won't cling to it there's no protein involved interesting Uh, okay so there's nothing for the co2 to stay in suspension so it's not going to come out carbonated so you can Ah, just push it gotcha um nitro would just be something to not like curdle uh milk with if you had a milk uh cocktail a white or Russian something, or yeah, something like yeah. that yeah because uh, co2's uh, the carbonic acid is going to curdle that milk so but uh yeah it's really easy that's interesting all right so where did you want to go with this you have catching up to do on oh, that sorry. by the way you've been talking we've been asking too many questions oh, we haven't oh. let you drink hopefully it wasn't bad <laughs> no, I'm really, really enjoying it. I just as I chug it, I'm yeah, really as I chug it. it. <laughs> that, uh, well, that beer, uh, to be quite honest, was made to be chugged or uh, quaffed quickly. Quaffed quickly. <laughs> Is that like it's probably like a five point five, six percent, six percent exactly? Yeah, yeah. Cool. that's Aaron's spot on. First. That's right where I like to be. That's yeah. great. You know, that's really good. Something that I uh, sometimes I sway away from Bach Bach style beers because they don't have that like kind of fresh backbone to it. This mm-hmm. is a really nice balance to it. Yeah, I might say of the Cabin Boy beers you've brought, that might be my favorite. That's awesome. It might be. 
because, because of what a, you said. You know? It was a secondary. Was but I also love Oktoberfest beers. Yeah. And so if that's the base for any beer, I'm kind of in. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're speaking directly to me, yeah. to my heart. <laughs> so this beer uh, is called Pineapple Whip. Mm. And uh, mm. the reason that I was kind of uh, mentioning it earlier is because um, all of our... Uh, Brubaca series, which is so we we allow all of our taproom employees or anybody to make Brubacas and we encourage them. We try to schedule out at least one a month. Um, and all of these beers that we're putting out as, you know, completely new branded, new names, uh, you know, they're going to sometimes even come out at different alcohol uh, content they're going to be tasting completely different, but they're already finished, created, made beers that we have on hand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we, we oh, wow. mix it with other ingredients. Okay. And it's a really, really fun way. It's fun. Uh, it's a really, really fun way for, uh, but the really, really fun way for the employees to have a lot of fun and create something that they're very proud of. And so this one was created. That's really by, interesting. Yeah, uh, this one. You're laughing. <laughs> well, I almost brought a pineapple daiquiri today. Oh, yeah, <laughs> really? Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, this uh, almost, uh, yeah, com- tastes like it. Uh, is there lactose? Uh, like, is it like a milkshake type IPA or something? Nope. This is a uh, nine gallons of pineapple, uh, a little bit of vanilla extract, and coconut extract. Oh, okay. Okay. In our. Uh, Anniversary golden, so made a little pina colada. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's uh, it started out as a twelve percent golden, and since we mixed in all of the pineapple juice, it went down to nine percent. Okay, but uh, this was made by Dustin Darker, our new um, operations manager, and congratulations, he is extremely talented in making things like this, and it's just super fun to see what people come up with this is a lot of fun yeah, yeah that's really good yeah, man. that's really great mm. this is actually the first time i've had it because technically i'm supposed to be not drinking in february mm. but mm. but i forgot i, I said that i've I been be the reason for the podcast i've been yeah. i've been the reason twice now dinner the other night you had wine yeah. it's and going well this. so far yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> i mean you're 80 percent there yeah, yeah it's sure it's fine mm-hmm. it's fine mm-hmm. all right you're up where do you want to go last question oh no goodness. pressure I mean, yeah, I have a last question, but your last question. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, goodness, let me collect my thoughts after all of that. Um, so, goodness, I, you might have to take. You want me take to take? It? It? Yeah, because I, I can. I, I lost. You it. think? Go, go for it. I'm curious of all. So you talked about like the graduation parties, and there's the repeal day parties, there's the birthday parties, there's the all of the stuff at Valkyrie. What's your favorite Valkyrie mm. party? Uh, probably the repeal day party. Yeah. You know, Valkyversary is always special. We always say that we always say that we have two parties a year, and you know, one's one's the the, the nice fancy fancy party, the repeal day party, and the and the Valkyversary is the no rules kind of sloppy party. But right. if I'm honest, they both get pretty sloppy. They do. The the night. They <laughs> do. Yeah. I love the dynamic of the repeal day party because everyone starts the night like super buttoned up. And we always do a lot of a lot of bubbles. We've got burlesque dancers, DJ. We've 
we have a ton of fun. Uh, Scott Phillips always MCs for us, and he no. just does an incredible job for that. Um, but at the end of the night, it's just a feel excuse the term a shit show. No, <laughs> you're not. And just to further illustrate that, the one that sticks out in my mind is the biggest shit show, and it might happen every year. I'm not sure, but you ended up on top of the bar pouring from the bottle into people's mouths or maybe it was like through some sort of like a viking who are you pouring maltharitas maltharitas is that is what a it pretty was? popular thing yeah. Okay, yeah, that, <laughs> i couldn't remember what i mean it's a little fuzzy i couldn't yeah. remember what it was but yeah and i was like okay we've gotten to this point now uh, this, is, this is where we are that's not okay. even the worst the, the worst is is uh previous to st vitus opening the the winter before st vitus opened um we decided to use some of the gear that we had bought uh, for St. Vitus to use some of the DJ gear to use to test it out, make sure it was good. Also get to use just really nice gear yeah. for the party. This is a DJ. I was DJing with Darku Yarmola that night. Darku J. Or Shout out. Darku. Yeah, nice. um, and then decided to saber a magnum of uh, Schramsberg. Yes. That's right. <laughs> uh, sabered it and shattered the bottle all over our brand new DJ equipment. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Which I, I tease Darky for because he will never let me hear the end of that. And I'm just like exacerbated that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't matter. It was a lot of fun and it's a memory and I've got to own up to it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sabering is really fun. Yeah. Well, and you got to use something blunt, not that, sharp. That was the first time that I had shattered a bottle, like just completely shattered a bottle. I mean, yeah. I've missed the mark a few times, but I've never just exploded something i wonder where you hit on the bottle to shatter the entire thing so it's it's i don't know yeah i have no idea i mean it probably wasn't cold enough it probably didn't hit it the right something angle like that. Yeah. yeah yeah who knows was that enough of a delay to get to your last question <laughs> sure. you know where you're going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so bringing back the conversation to uh to tulsa to the vibes of everything going on uh, and where, what Valkyrie has come to, what, what have you been the most proud of in what you've accomplished with both, uh, settings, uh, for Tulsa? I just realized something though. Yeah. We're going to pause. This is the last question. So we have one more thing to drink that you oh, brought, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah. Let's pull that yeah, out first. Cause I didn't want to get to the end and yeah. be like, Oh and, and goodbye. I, I, I want that question to be a celebration of the, yeah, of the conversation. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because it's I've a good a question. Co- I yeah. like that question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. What is this? What What do you have? Oh, oh boy. Okay. okay. Dude, I feel honored right now. Well, I feel honored that you guys wild turkey twelve. Okay. So you guys are familiar with Tell the concept of yeah. du- dusties? No. Mm-hmm. Dusties are, are very old oh, okay. bottles yeah, yeah. of, you know, generally we're referring to bourbon that, that existed before the bourbon craze. Um, when just when the idea of bourbon itself wasn't, wasn't thought of as a luxury product. So uh, at the time, distillers could use a very, very small, very rare, very high-end um, portion of the product they made to go into their highest-end product that's no longer the case even with stuff like van winkle whiskeys there's a a gratuitous amount of product that goes into that meaning that 
replicating how it was in the 90s and early 2000s is, is impossible at this point because the market's right. too great. Right. So this is this is Wild Turkey, which is some of my favorite Dusties. This is early 90s. Um, wow. Uh, this is uh, the, the affectionate term for this is a cheesy gold foil or CGF. Look at that. Um, it's a 12-year expression. That's gorgeous. Um, I thought it'd be fun to share just because it's 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 like old turkey is probably my favorite bourbon yeah. plate period across the board. If you want to always want to give me a really, really nice birthday gift. There it is. Like, Noted. Like mid-90s. <laughs> Friend of the mid-90s podcast. Mid-90s turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I promise it's so cheap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I brought it. Uh, I will say these these bottles are notorious for cork breaking. I think I've got all the cork out of here. But if there's cork, I apologize. That uh, looks I'll amazing. Let you, I'll let you go so to town was, on that. What, what year was this bo- uh, bottle? Uh, I think this is a 91 or a 92. I'm not sure. That's unreal. And you know it's old because it has Austin Nichols at the top. Mm-hmm. Which just isn't the way they package it. So I believe I believe the bourbon we had on Lisa's podcast mm-hmm. was a wild turkey rare breed barrel pick from one of the whiskey groups I'm in. Okay. And so this is fitting that it's Yeah. Thank you for bringing this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a thank you for trip. having me. I'm yeah. super honored and flattered that you guys would think of me for this. And I won't pour too much. It's really gentle. nice. Oh, you guys can. I would have brought it if I couldn't share. Well, I know <laughs> it's, it's a dusty. You can't you can't get this one again. Uh, whiskey's made to be drank. That's right. That's a very That's good a, point and question. There was a lot of liquid in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Sorry, guys. Um, how do you, so what's your bottle collection? And obviously you don't store, and you just said whiskey's made to be consumed, right? Mm-hmm. So how many open bottles do you have? You drink through everything you have. Do you save things for special occasions, like personally at, at home? I don't keep anything at home. I, we have wine Smart. We have wine at home. Um, and I generally I'll have, I have a, a small selection of decanters. So like if you come to my house, I can make you a Negroni. I can make you a gin and tonic. I can do, yeah. you, you can have a, a, a very short list of things. I might have some beer in the fridge. Most of everything at home is wine. I've got a, um, uh, enthusiast seller at home. That's just, just, just the stuff that yeah. I get excited about. Um, I keep all my whiskey in a back cabinet at Valkyrie. <laughs> nice. I've seen the cabinets <laughs> yeah. back there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that was your personal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The back three, the first four cabinets are 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 business stock, and I built the last three to kind of house my own personal collection. I love that. I nice. often I often say that it, it, that's what saves my marriage. But <laughs> it's, it's not true. Maggie's amazing. Maggie's she would awesome. Shout out no Maggie what. too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I keep it there. Um. I don't know. I haven't been purchasing a lot lately, okay. you know, so I've been kind of just kind of hanging out with the collection that I have. I kind of got burnt out on secondary market and just the hype. And it's only gotten worse. It's only you stopped worse. buying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I stopped. I'm now focusing a lot more on uh, agave spirits and sugarcane spirits that I'm more excited about. They're not my favorite thing to drink, but I'm but I'm excited about them. Sure. Yeah. So. I don't know. The yeah. rule is always buy more than you drink, you know? There so, you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've taken the stance of, well, let me just try to drink less. <laughs> there, you there you go. For final times, yeah. cheers. Thank cheers. you for bringing yeah, this. Cheers. I can't wait to try this. Oh, you gave me, a, I guess, a 
non-drink, non-drinking February pour. Same with me. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, this is like a you, We can refill if, oh, if you run can. out. If you decide you like this, we can refill, yeah. I've never smelled whiskey or bourbon smell like this. Wild turkey is, has such a unique nose and palate. Just like it's... Wow, that's fun. That's special. It's very rich. It's a, it's a pretty opulent. Just, just kind of yeah. slap your slap your mama. So, have you had that bottle for that long, or how did you come across that bottle? Uh, no, I had a I have a, a buddy who was was uh, was selling a, a handful of things. Man, and we that did is amazing. We did a, a trade for this. I had a couple things that he was looking for, and yeah. and the CGF. I got two expressions from him. They're different vintages. Um, this is the 92, and I think I got the 91 from him as well. It's, it's either 91 or 93. I know they're adjacent years. Um, but, yeah, I was a big fan of... Uh, they also have another 12-year that's called Split Label, and it's, it has a split label. Um, that's around the same kind of uh, time frame, and I drank through all those. So I was like, the next step in is the CGF. So I acquired a couple of those. Um, yeah, I just love them. I think they're so. I think that is so good. Turkey dusties are my absolute favorite. Yeah, the, man, that that's impressive. That's so good. <laughs> that's what very impressive. What did they? Buy? Okay, hundred one. Yeah, it's turkey, of course. Yeah, doesn't yeah. taste like it though. It's no. like raisiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a ton of like plum. corn. Oh, plum's a nice note. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. I don't know. Like it's rare for me to think about fresh yeah. fruit when I think about these drink yeah. these whiskeys. Yeah. All right, take us home. Re-ask, well, your, I, re-ask I, your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. So, uh, going back <laughs> I totally to, bombarded it, but I realized. No, 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 we, no. I'm glad I did because we no, had this yeah. one. Uh, I think I will go for just a tiny bit yeah. of a yeah, please. pour. I did totally not pour you enough. Yeah, you don't have to be, you have to be gentle. <laughs> you do have to be gentle. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for being gentle. While, while I'm here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. That's very, very appropriate. Um, so going back to the question, what has been, you guys have surmounted, you know, what people dream of doing in a city, of becoming a pillar of, uh, a foundation of basically the drinking culture, which, you know, especially in Oklahoma, that's a hard task to do. Um, because we're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. I was, yeah, and, that's what I was about to say. We're uh, the middle and, of the buckle. Yeah. And drinking has not necessarily been something that has been accepted, I would say, maybe more than 15 years-ish, kind of, um, mm-hmm. sort of, in, in this city. Um, and that, you know, that goes upon my business as well. But what has been your most proud moment? What 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 have you been most proud of within your two businesses, uh, and describe why? Um, I think it's I think it's literally that that you can put something down on paper that that is uh, a culmination of all of your passions and concepts and what you want to see, and for it to become a reality and then people come in and they see the same value in it that you saw or or at least you know or at least close to like a validation 
Yeah, the validation yeah. saying like, and I'm sure you can relate to this and saying that like, I have a passion project. This is, this is what's important for me to build. And then when you have come people in, come people to the brewery and say like, I love this beer. And you say, that means I made something special for you. You know, I think that, I think that with, with Valkyrie, when we opened, people didn't see value in spending $10 on a drink, mm. you know, didn't yep. see. It was probably rare at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, see, now you describe to people that are coming from Denver or Chicago and you're like, oh, yeah, you can oh, have a, a handmade Negroni yeah. from Valkyrie for 12 bucks. And they're like, what? say what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so just the sheer fact of being able to do what I am the most passionate about, which is taking care of people in a way that presents like these very, very cool, we talk about programming, whether it's whether it's the experiential programming or the actual uh, beverage program or the music program, um, and that they see value in that, and that doesn't happen passively, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you kind of have to talk people into it, and yeah. people buy in at different, a different, in different ways and at different speeds. But just being able to do that and being successful at it and saying like people see value in this has been really really impactful for me and is like energized me to say that we can go further we can get more specialized we can really really introduce concepts that people haven't seen before um especially in the middle markets like tulsa um and that's i feel like that's my most prideful thing i guess and additionally too is the the team that has uh bought in and 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 mm. sacrificed and like grown with me to say that yeah this idiot over here who thinks we can do all this stuff like let's let's follow him so I'm super <laughs> like grateful and proud that that the the team has said that yeah this is this is something that uh, we want to invest our time and energy towards and 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 hopefully make a career out of and that's that's really really cool i have a i have a really 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 incredible team that just never ceases to impress me and never ceases to like be f- faithful and and i don't want to say like l- like in in like loyal without yeah. indiscretion but it's like saying mm-hmm. yeah this is something we give a shit about and we want to we want to pursue this and we want to keep doing this and mm-hmm. that's really really cool I'm curious, as we wrap up, last thing, you mentioned the cost of cocktails in other cities. Yeah. I, I so this is like hits home personally because it's like in what we do, people don't understand it costs what it costs and like they're used to not to downgrade Tulsa or whatever, but yeah, they're used to like Tulsa prices. Sure. Right. Do you do, have you come across that at all with, with your line of business with cocktails and with all that, where it's like, Oh, if I was here, it could be $15 for, you know, a Negroni mm-hmm. or whatever versus $10 versus 12 or, yeah. and I'm just curious, have you, have you come across that at all? Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, we get the occasional review of, of, of like, don't go here unless you, unless you want to spend your whole paycheck on a drink, right, you know? right, right. which is fine because like I said before, it's like, 
if it's not for you, that's okay. You know, we didn't, you know, no. like we, our job is to, is to show you what we're about and say like, this is what we see value in and, and this is what we're going to provide for you. And if we do that and you decide you don't like it, that's okay. It's more so like if we didn't show you that thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I meant more like, could, have you felt like you should charge more for your drinks? Uh, that's where I was going with I it. I struggle with that. Yeah. Because... You know, I can go to Lone Wolf and get a really, really badass like bowl or bon me for for ten bucks. So right. why should I spend more than that for a, a cocktail? And that's that's just me no. personally. Um, I, uh, but I know what it costs. I know what we provide. I know I feel good about the prices that we charge. But my stance will always be, you know, the old like Jack Daniels motto: like goods worth the price charged. You know, like we, we, that. we yeah. charge what we, we're not, we're not trying to see what the market will tolerate. We're just trying to, we're trying to charge the prices that are fair and be, and will help us grow and sustain yeah. the business and make sure that our staff and leaders are taken care of. But you're also charging a price for expertise. Yeah. Sure. Like and that's the I thing, know. like there's a value add on ours. It's like, how do you yeah. charge for the expertise? How do you charge for the value that we're providing? Yeah you that, right that's, so that's the hard yeah. that's the hardest thing to, it is to charge for every time we talk about this entrepreneurial stuff and i yeah. love it but like yeah it is it's the hardest it's, part it's the hardest part yeah. because i know when i like if i'm going to go to valkyrie and order an old-fashioned i know that it will be the best old-fashioned that i've had in months and paying the extra four dollars for it means something to me sure it makes it special yeah, yeah. because i know that it's going to be right excellent yeah so yeah i agree and i think that like the, the I, I i love dining out so much it's like if you you know for 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 my wife and i it's like the the biggest focus what we spend most of our uh pocket change on like our resources on are traveling and dining mm-hmm. you know that as it should be to me yeah that experience is worth so much to me and there's nothing better than getting up and out of a bar chair and walking out their door and saying that was badass. Like that felt so good, and the drinks were so good, and the service and hospitality were so good. Like that's just that's worth yeah an unreal amount of it, amount of money to me. So it's hard yeah. to it's hard to sympathize or empathize with with people who yep. don't see the same value but we try to just make sure that it's always like really fair yeah. you know? i get it anything else to add i think that's a good place to wrap man i think that that's awesome to wrap hey this was special this is special cheers Thank you very much. I'm I'm so flattered yeah. and so honored. Like, yeah. this is really really nice. It's fun to sit in this room and hang out hang out with you guys and have some really incredible. Yeah. Beers As we sit at the break, spirits. when can people hear you DJ next? When, oh, when's your 20, next? Twenty sixth of February. There it is. Right on. Uh, yeah, me and uh, Jake Rice. And I apologize, Jake Rice. I don't know that what your what your alias is. <laughs> <laughs> alias. What is your alias? So people know. My alias is George Turbo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, George, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. Mr. Turbo. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. We'll be right back after the break. And that was Aaron Post, and now you know why Austin is buzzed. Yeah. (laughs) It was a really fun time. Oh, it was. That was fantastic. Aaron, like, if you can't tell, what did he use? He used Quaffable and 
Now I forgot the word. Oh goodness. He's just he's, such a smart guy. Smart guy. Like he, he's yeah. a smart guy. He's a brilliant businessman. If you're he, watching his, his culture within his business yeah, is amazing. That's what I was gonna say. If you're watching or listening to this and you haven't been to Valkyrie, get out there and I mean, try what it. are you doing? Why are you watching this or listening to this? Yeah. Because when you're talking about tasting room and you're talking about culture, you're talking about pushing can I, can I say the pinnacle of Yeah, I mean of cocktails look we've had noah on and hodges ben does a really good job with cocktails as well but between the two of them like i mean it's they're matched it's big city level right absolutely both both of them yeah and if you haven't been to vitus go and have a good time i get it but listen to the conversation i think it's my second question when we really transfer kind of steer the conversation towards vitus the cool just thing, give it a try, right? The cool thing is, is he's really cultivated a yeah. richer environment around that nightclub culture. Yeah. So if you need to go back and listen to it or whatever, and again to drum up your confidence, it was around yeah. the second question. So it's it's just a lot of fun. The cocktail program's great, all on draft. Uh, the staff there's fantastic, and it's just a fun time. It is I a can't fun time, dance and, either, and it's a fun time. And the quality of everything that you're going to get poured is outstanding. Yeah, really, really good. So, yeah, that wraps it up. Aaron Post, uh, thank you for coming on. That was fantastic. Um, we're not going to tell you who the next guest is or when we'll be back. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be soon, though, and, and you'll enjoy it as always. Right on. Right? Cheers. Oh, man. yeah. Cheers. All right. Cheers, guys.